0: Welcome to the Care to Change podcast. We're excited that you joined us today. This month, we're starting a new series on looking for fun in the midst of yuck. April will be joined today by our counselor, Jared Jones, to discuss when life doesn't feel fun anymore. Thanks for being a part of this conversation. We hope that this episode will offer you practical solutions for positive change. Welcome back everyone.
1: This is April Bordeaux from Care to Change. I'm so glad that you've chosen to spend this time with us. We are just beginning a new series this month in the month of March and we've entitled the series Looking for Fun in the Midst of Yuck. We sort of did this on purpose knowing that March, you know, brings, uh, you know, spring is upon us and yet there's Still some days of gray skies. It's still cold on days. And we know a lot of families plan for spring break or don't do spring break. And so what does life look like when we're in the middle of seasons? We're sort of in that holding pattern. It's not quite winter and it's not quite spring yet. So Today, we have a special guest, and it's one of my favorites that we have on our podcast. Jared Jones is with us. He's one of our therapists today. Hello, everybody. Jared, thank you so much for joining us again. I always love having you.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Jared, tell us a little bit about you and who you love to serve. I know you've been on here several times before, but for those who are new to listening, tell tell them who you are. Yeah.
2: So my name is Jared Jones, and I'm a mental health counselor here at Care to Change. When I first got into my counseling career, actually before that, I volunteered for a crisis center, worked for the National Suicide Prevention Line. So worked a lot with suicide and crisis intervention. And then when I actually became a, a counselor, um, I started with an internship at a college counseling center and began to work with like teens and young adults and really got a heart for that kind of population. And then later, it just kind of grew into more like, you know, I, I see teens, I see older children. So like, I like ages 10 and up, mm-hmm. um, and then even well into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And I really like working with men and women women, boys, and girls who struggle with anxiety, depression. Um, Of course, I mentioned suicide and kind of self-harm gets thrown along with that. Trauma is a big one that I love working with. Um, And I dabble a little bit in like addictions as well and Mm -hmm. like emotional coping and management skills. So that's another area of specialty for me.
1: Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, okay. I'm glad you're here. We love Jared here. If you ever need a speaker to talk about brain health or depression or anxiety Um, jared is such a gifted speaker especially so if you're out there and you're part of a group and you're like i want to learn more about this depression or anxiety or suicide or self-harm contact us because jared is just a fantastic speaker as well okay jared your topic today when life doesn't feel fun anymore this is how we're kicking off this series when life doesn't feel fun anymore So when life, what life used to be like. So tell me, we're going to just start by diving into the question. Why does life seem so stressful to people these days?
2: I think part of it is just our culture. We like to be busy. We like to keep going and going, especially as technology advances and gives us more opportunities to stay on top of things. Like, I mean, look at what the pandemic did for us. Like we, I would guess hundreds of thousands of jobs went virtual. And then all of a sudden we realized, oh, we can work from the comfort of our own home instead of having to go into the office and go through, you know, the rush of traffic and the whole morning routine. But if you really pay attention to it, that's also an invasion of the home life as well. Now there's not the separation between work and home life. Now all of a sudden your work is in your home. Usually when I work with clients who are dealing with stress, one of the things that we learn as a skill is how to leave work at work and how to keep home at home, how mm-hmm. to keep those compartmentalized because the stress from work, if you bring that to home, it's going to cause more stress at home. Mm-hmm. So one of our reasons, I really feel like it's because our culture just continues to encourage busyness mm-hmm. and fast pacedness yes. and that just wears us down because we're not meant to do that. We're not. That's not what our body's built for. That's not what our brain is built for. And we just get burnt out from that.
1: Absolutely. I think our culture celebrates being busy. Every time you see someone that you haven't seen for a while, you say, hey, so-and-so, how are you? And they say, oh, crazy busy, or it's just been so busy, or life's busy, or I just haven't had time to. It's like that is sort of the answer. It's either fine or busy or crazy busy, right? And you, and you hit it right on. Our bodies weren't created to stay busy and never get rest. And so that definitely has added an element. Are there other things in life in our culture that you think has added to this undue stress that people I know we we saw here at Care to Change such a spike in calls after COVID. People who were already on the brink of stress, feeling anxious, when COVID came aboard, it was just like it just opened up doors or reopened doors that had been closed for a while. Mm-hmm. So that I know added to um, the overall stress that people are feeling, the the worry of the unknown, the th- the impending threat of health or harm or losing loved ones. And, and what does that mean for my jobs, like you said? So there's definitely this busy, and then there's this element of what's been happening with the pandemic and COVID and what's next. And yeah. what else do you see adds to stress? I think
2: we also our culture and our society promotes this get to the next thing mentality. We're always looking ahead at what's next. We're always looking ahead at what are we going to achieve? What's going to happen next? Yep. This can look like with work, knowing what's, what's up and ahead with work. And I don't mean just acknowledging where you're heading in the direction. I mean like you're focusing and thinking solely on what's next. You think about this with younger culture. It's like you're going weekend to weekend. I don't care about what happens during the work week. I tolerate and get through the work week just to make it to the weekend. And throughout my work week, I'm constantly thinking of what am I going to do this weekend? How am I going to lay around the yes. house and relax? How am I going to go out and have fun with friends? And that's what dominates your mind. We're never living in the present. Right. We're never tr- like focusing on what we can do here and now and how that's enjoyable in life. It's yeah. always like well, I'll push through the stress now to get to the next thing. That's right. And when we focus on that one that creates more stress for us in the moment because we're not paying attention to how to relieve our stress now, we're just thinking, oh, it'll be gone when I get to the next thing. Yes. And then when we do get to that thing, that mentality doesn't go away. So we're still stuck in that next thing, like when we're on vacation, what's the next thing we're doing on vacation? What's the next thing we're doing? And we never get that chance to stop, Mm -hmm. to slow down and to rest.
1: To be fully present. Mm -hmm. To be fully present. Several months ago now, uh, my husband and I went out to California to the Bob Goff Retreat Center at the Oaks. And I shared this story uh, on a a podcast earlier, or released earlier this year, actually. But your point is so vivid. There's a picture in my mind. um, We had an activity where we were going up a mountain and as we were climbing up the mountain she said the guide said we're going to stop at the top of the mountain and do an activity at the top so we need to get to the top and it was sort of winding around going up and all i was thinking was while this is steep i'm breathing hard let me just get up to the top of the mountain Mm -hmm. i just wanted to get to the top of the mountain and at one point she said now i want everyone to stop and look around and the view was spectacular And she said, look where you have been. And it was such a metaphor in my life and describes exactly what you're talking about. In my mind, my body, I was trying to get to that next step of the mountain. Like I just had to get there. Yep. And what I, if she hadn't have said, hey, pause, look where you are, look at your view and look where you've come, reflect on where you've come. I would have missed I mean, it was just the most spectacular view, you know, we're it's on a mountainside. And so you just see mountains all over. Yeah. And so that's exactly your point. You know, we're so busy, like taking that next step, going to that next level, getting to the goal, setting the goals that we don't create the space and the margin to pause and really just appreciate what's in front of us and really even reflect on where we've been to appreciate because we just got to get to the next thing Mm -hmm. and so it does create a sense of hurry and that does add to to stress and I I was reading I I forget what where I was reading but it was a a book that was talking about the Sabbath and how God you know created the earth in the six days and on the seventh day he rested and so you know growing up in a Christian home I was always like see you need to rest you need to rest and I always thought yeah, well, that's different. And yes, we need to rest. And yes, we need to take a have a, have a Sabbath. But this author said, oh, it was emotionally healthy leadership. That's who. That's um, what this book was. And mm-hmm. but the author described that when God paused for that rest, it was to marvel at what had had been done. So it was that re- that that time of yes rest, but it was for reflection, and it was to admire the work that has already been done. Right. And so just exactly what you're saying, like, we just don't pause and say, I'm going to be in the present. I'm going to reflect on where I've been. I'm going to look at the beauty that's all around me instead of just looking to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it does create so much stress. You're, you're you're so on. You're you're speaking to me right now. <laughs> Anything else, you know, bringing the work into the home is definitely definitely one
2: being someone who is a highly sensitive person, which is a real term, I encourage our listeners to look that up and yes. Google what highly sensitive person means. One other thing that causes stress on our nervous system that we don't usually think about a lot until it it gets to you is the overstimulation of our world. If you think about we used to live, I say we used to live in a world, I'm not that old, but the world used to be a place that was more filled with the sounds of nature and things were slowed yes. down, things were very easy to take in, kind of this environment that we, will build, we were built for, regardless kind of what your background is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we live in a culture where there are a lot of artificial sounds. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of artificial lights. There's a lot of things that are constantly stimulating our nervous system. Yes. And when we have that constant stimulation throughout the day, that is going to stress out our system more. It it weighs on our nervous system. Mm -hmm. And when we don't take active times to decompress or destimulate our nervous system, Mm -hmm. then we're gonna feel more stressed. Even if it wasn't a very stressful day, even Mm -hmm. if I spent the whole day sitting on the couch watching Netflix, that watching that show Mm -hmm. and constantly watching that for so many hours might be so overstimulating for my visual part of my brain that I feel wore out. I get a headache, I get eye strain, like I get all this stress on my stress system. And then I'm like, I didn't do anything all day. Why am I feeling stressed? Mm -hmm. Well, because you were overstimulating yourself and you weren't letting yourself have that destimulating time. Right,
1: and even Deb talked about how difficult it is for us to even just stop to listen. Mm -hmm. And even now, so if you're a listener hearing this, I'm wondering what you're doing. So are you doing the dishes? Are you exercising? Are you driving in the car? My guess is most listeners aren't just sitting with a piece of paper and a pen taking notes. They're they're multitasking right now. Probably. Right? And even just the act of sitting, putting both feet on the floor, pausing to say, what do I see with my eyes? What am I smelling with my nose? Is there any residual taste from my coffee or lunch or whatever it is Mm -hmm. you know what sounds am i hearing what what do my hands feel like right now you know just that pause can create tension like ah just get to the next thing what's the next thing we have to do Uh, and so you're right when you say you know just the constant input that we're receiving all over the place from people and places and phones pinging and traffic sounds and just everything Mm-hmm. So there's, so let me see if I I can review what you've said has added having the invasion of work in the home, having this culture of busy, feeling the over the constant overstimulation, the impending pandemic. These are all things that have added to people's stress. Anything else that you can think of?
2: Well, I'd also consider that. We don't just get our own stress. We also feel stress from those around us as well. Yes. So if we're living with people who are also feeling stressed, who are going through tough things, like we're going to take on their stress as well. Mm -hmm. And vice versa, if we're feeling stressed, we will be kind of sharing that stress with other people in our life because we're social creatures. Mm -hmm. We share our feelings with one another, regardless whether you are an emotional, like communicative person or you feel like you're pretty closed off into yourself. Stress still gets through. Mm -hmm. And so if you're living in an environment or like in a household with a lot of people who are stressed, you're going to feel that stress, too. If you're a parent, I'm sure you felt this during like, you know, if you have teenagers, like Mm -hmm. the finals week at school or, you know, any of those high stress times, or I know kids, they still have like standardized testing, like ISTEP and stuff like that. Like around that time, your kid's more stressed. You'll probably feel that stress Mm -hmm. more. And, and other, I mean, maybe you've had your spouse go through something really stressful or roommates or, you know, whoever you're with, your parents, when someone else is going through something stressful, that rubs off on us too. So that's another way that we can feel stress in our life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Without setting that proper boundary of that's your stress and not mine, but just by virtue of being in the room with someone who is stressed, you, f- you definitely feel that that stress. Yeah. You know, what also comes to me, talk a little bit about financial stress.
2: Yeah. We live in a culture that idolizes and values money mm-hmm. because of the way that our culture is structured. And so, because it's an idol, there is an associated fear with not having enough. Mm -hmm. And that fear, just like the fear of everything else, like there's other natural fears that we have in our lives, that fear can cause stress because not having money is a threat to us. Mm -hmm. We're communicated that it's a threat. If you don't have enough money, it's a bad thing. If you're not making as much money as you possibly can, that is a risk to you. And so whenever you experience that, that's going to put extra stress on you because your your body's trying to escape that threat. So when you have financial pressure, even periods of financial pressure, mm-hmm. just the worry alone will cause an incredible amount of tension and stress on your body, physical stress in, including into that that will just make you feel worse. It'll right. burn you out too.
1: By now people have already received their Christmas credit card statements and may have already paid that off, may not be, and or have turned to what am I doing for spring break? And how much is that going to cost? And Mm -hmm. it's not April tax time yet, but that's coming around the corner. And so it's like this cycle of when is enough enough, right? And like you said, that cultural norm of always needing more, quote, need, you know, needing more you know, it's when you're saying all this and like, I'm feeling it, no wonder people feel stressed. And so the question here is when life doesn't seem fun anymore. And I just wonder if the amount of stress that people feel the different stress and, you know, what we're not talking about today is, you know, death of a loved one that brings stress moving that, you know, there's good stress too, right? Getting a new job, moving to a new state, getting married, getting divorced, you know, there's, there's good stresses and there's hard stresses, but life just presents a lot of opportunity for stress. Yep. Good stress and not.
2: And if we feel like we're pouring out more than we're pouring, or being poured into, we're not going to have a good time. Yeah. We're and in. I think
1: that's a good point. Let's Let's just kind of transition into that. So mm-hmm. there's all of this stress here. What do we do to manage if, you know, if there is a visual here of, One balloon is the house and one balloon is the finance and one balloon is the relationship and one balloon is the job and one, you know, pretty, you can't hold all of these balloons like something Mm. has to go. So what do you see if we don't manage stress? Let's start there. If we don't change the stress that we feel, I mean, I think that's intuitive. We all sort of know, but naturally talk about biologically what happens in our bodies when we don't create the margin needed for rest and restoration
2: so your nervous system there's a part of it called the autonomic nervous system which is divided into sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous Mm -hmm. systems and i describe that because i'm I'm just going to call them your sympathetic system is your gas pedal and your parasympathetic is your brake pedal so your nervous system is a gas pedal and a brake pedal Mm -hmm. your body is built to where that gas pedal only gets pushed for brief amounts of times to get you through Danger or situations that require your attention. And it's mostly meant to stay at that brake pedal pace. However, in our culture, in our day and age, we have so many stressors, so many things that happen to us, so many things we need to focus on. Or we use this term in psychology, uh, we're aroused by it. And I mean that in the term of like our nervous system is activated, it is energized by that. And we have so much of that now that we live more in that gas pedal state than we do in the brake pedal state. Yes. Our bodies aren't built to do that. So what happens over time is you're, you're running and you're running and you're running almost like the engine of a car, like pressing the gas pedal on the engine when the car is not in gear. Mm-hmm. And so it's just burning up all its resources. It's just wearing itself out. And eventually it's going to crash because your body's not meant to stay in that gas pedal state for too long. That's meant to be a short-term thing. So when we're not taking intentional rest, when we're not allowing our nervous system to calm down and giving us those brake pedal moments Mm -hmm. to slow down, we are going to experience first a plethora of physical health issues this is where a lot of heart disease and circulatory diseases come from Mm -hmm. i'm sure many of our listeners have been to the doctor where like they they go in and they get like a medical procedure and they get like you know something like hey you have high blood pressure you need to not stress so much like you need to do things Mm -hmm. to relieve stress your Mm -hmm. doctors are starting to say this because there's a connection this is your brain body connection and if we continue to let that go on for years and years and years, it will wear us down. Not only that, but mentally will have an effect on that. When we're in that gas pedal state, our brain goes from a calm and collected set of processes to a focused and deliberate set of processes. Yes. It's trying to either one, get us out of danger or away from the threat, or two, focus on whatever that activity is we're doing in the moment and putting aside all of the other functions that our brain can do. When we're in a gas pedal state, we have a harder time of one, remembering things, especially the harder that gas pedals push down, mm-hmm. the harder it is to remember. Two, it is more difficult to socially connect with others. Our social portion of our brain, the one that really wants that connection, that has that emotional connection to others, that gets shut down the more the gas pedal is pushed down and Mm -hmm. the longer it's been pushed down. You're also going to have a harder time focusing because when you're in that fight or flight mode that's a part of our stress response system, your brain's not focused on, oh, let's remember things, let's pay attention to things. It's in the mode of let's find the threat and get away from it. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to be able to pay attention as much. You're not going to be able to focus as much. You're going to have times of tiredness and crashes throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Like we just can't function in that gas pedal state for long periods of time. It's Mm -hmm. okay to have little bursts of it. But if we're not intentionally resting, it just wears our brain and our body down. And then it's going to lead to further challenges, whether that be physical or mental health challenges.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's not a state that our bodies can support long term. Correct. So what do you do? What do you do when life doesn't feel fun anymore and the stress sort of overpowers that ability to play and laugh? Um, what are some suggestions? What do you do about it?
2: So this might come to as a shock to you, <laughs> but you want to put stuff down. You want to rest. Mm-hmm. You want to make that intentional time. Yes. Yes. Because if you're not doing that, you're not going to be able to carry that load for much longer. Mm -hmm. It's better to manage setting things down and putting things to the side, setting boundaries for yourself and saying no to more things while you're able to manage it than when you inevitably crash and you have to drop it all at once. That's right. The last thing you want is a stress breakdown because then that's going to interrupt everything either you are going to help manage the stress for your body or your body is going to make you manage the stress for itself.
1: That's right. I'd say that one more time because yep. that was that was good.
2: So either you're going to manage your stress for your body and mm-hmm. listen to your body in doing so, or your body is going to manage that stress for you. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the choice is yours. You mm-hmm. want So what are some practical ways? What are practical ways someone can say, you know, life, all I feel is stress. I'm not feeling... You know, I can ask the listeners right now, when was the last time you had a really good belly laugh? When was the last time you marveled at the beauty around you? When was the last time you went, you know, for a day without your phone next to your side with the constant interruption? When was the last day you took a day off just to take a day off? Not because you had to go somewhere or you had appointments all day. When was that last time you sat with no agenda and no interruptions and just enjoyed the silence when when was that you know and if you're saying what are you talking about you live in a dream world you don't know my life you know that's that's the question and so if if that's what the listener's saying you know Jared come on you know I've got the x number of kids I do this for my job this is my you know I'm taking care of my my parents I'm you know, list out whatever it is that people, you know, typically list out and we see them obviously at care to change. Yep. This is when people come in and they say, I'm on the brink, right? They've either had panic attacks or having them frequently or feel like they're just an overload. They feel overwhelmed and they come in and they say, I can't take another thing. First of all, it's like good for you for taking the time to come today. Yes. Right. What essentially you've done is you've put the brake on for this 50 minutes. You've put the brake on, and now we're gonna create space mm-hmm. to determine what's next. So, what do you usually say? What's next?
2: Well, first of all, I am the world's biggest hypocrite at this because yes. it's easy to say all these <laughs> things, and it's hard to practice them. And being a young adult in yes. kind of this world of busyness, where it's like you gotta, you know, launch your life, you gotta get out there, you gotta be earning money. Like I fall victim to this all the time. So the first thing to recognize is the irony that. The more you make time for rest, the more work you're going to get done in your times of work. Mm -hmm. You are actually going to accomplish more the more that you give yourself intentional time to Mm -hmm. rest. So if your argument is, well, I just don't have time for this. Yes, you do. Right. Because the more that you give yourself that intentional rest, Mm -hmm. the more you're going to use your time when you are working wisely and effectively. Right. So if you are choosing not to to give into that rest, not to do that rest, you're choosing to do less work.
1: That's right, and it it just sounds so counterintuitive to say mm-hmm. rest more, but I know I know this because of the times that I take away, all of a sudden my creativity just and and then it's wow the productivity that comes from about of just being out in nature and in beauty and just taking that time coming back it's like wow I just got a ton done if you're in on the on the wheel you know on the hamster wheel just go 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 and I'm like at the end of the day say. I got, I got nothing done, but I was working all day long, right? It's the same, mm-hmm. and one is the outpouring of, of having that rest versus just spiraling on that hamster wheel over right. and over. So the first step you're saying is to know, to recognize that you will be, uh, to accept the fact, or to try it. There's probably skeptical listeners saying there's no way Mm-hmm. But I know it because I've lived it. Uh, and I know you've lived it too when you take that time. So what are some other, what are some ways that someone, how do you do that? What's your first step?
2: Your first step is recognizing the things in your life that you feel poured into by. Mm-hmm. Whether that is relationships or hobbies mm-hmm. or activities. Just finding activities that are restful are not enough. Mm-hmm. You have to find activities that are recharging for you. Yes because it's all too easy to fall into using rest strategies that don't actually offer rest Mm -hmm. for me this is netflix i can rest by watching shows and things on there but it's not actually helpful for me because i'm not letting go of the overstimulation i'm not letting Mm -hmm. go of all the i'm not processing and working through all Mm -hmm. the weight of the week Mm -hmm. i'm just distracting myself right so in the moment while i'm watching the show yeah i feel great but that's not actually helping me in right. the long run. When I'm done with the show and I have to you know, go to bed, get up the next morning, I'm, all that stress comes back. I never got rid of it. I right. just set it down for a period.
1: I think what you're saying is there's a difference between rest and replenishing. Yes. And so Netflix might let you rest your brain for a minute, although the simulation, depending on what you're watching, depending. isn't really rest. But right. anyway, mm-hmm. um, so you say, I'm going to put that down be distracted kind of mind numb for a minute but it doesn't mean you walk away feeling rejuvenated and replenished to do the next thing so it sounds yeah. like this is sort of two steps one is to know the difference but to plan times of rest but also to look at what brings life to you yes okay
2: and that's i, I wanted to distinguish that because yes i didn't want to just say like write down a list of all the stuff that you feel like is restful mm-hmm. which is good but you also want to balance that with the things that are replenishing, recharging, revitalizing for you. Mm -hmm. Those are gonna be the very important activities that are gonna help you to enjoy life again, to give your life purpose. And when you have those, sometimes those are kind of in this middle ground where they do take a little bit of work to get to, They're not as easy as going home and turning on the TV. They're not as easy as going home and crawling into bed and and going to sleep. It might be scheduling time to spend time with loved ones. Mm -hmm. It may be planning time to go to the golf course, if that's Mm -hmm. a hobby that you like to do, or uh, I need to set aside an hour and a half to drive to the park so I can take a walk through the park. Like it takes a little bit of planning into that. That's right. But when you give that little bit of upfront effort, you get a lot payback. if that's one of those recharging revitalizing refueling activities for you
1: and i'm glad that you said that about scheduling because i think that's where we we sort of go wrong we we schedule every meeting in our life we know when our spring break and our fall break is going to be but we don't schedule our rest time and our replenishment time right Mm -hmm. and then we wonder why it never happens well we've scheduled everything except for the things you know right and so even just you know i i you I, know obviously working with a lot of women and there's a lot of responsibilities with home life and if they're working out of the home and all you know and whatever they're they're doing volunteer wise etc i like well the first time i can schedule something isn't until you know four months from now we'll do two things schedule it four months from now yep and then find the things on your calendar between now and four months that if you got sick, you wouldn't do anyway. Mm. And if you say, well, if I got sick, I, I would be fine not doing it, but I'm not sick, so I have to do it. Well, let me ask exactly what you said. Like, what happens if, you know, your body says, no, you, you're, I'm shutting you down. Right. And if those things that you're saying, well, if I was sick, I I wouldn't do this and I wouldn't feel bad about it because the people would know they would be fine with it. Yep. You know, like setting of that boundary, then maybe say not this time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not quitting that club or I'm not quitting, but this time or this month or this week, I'm going to pause from it, you know. And so then, you you know, that kind of that tension between, well, I've already committed You know, when you look out, when you can look for the next 30 days or 60 days, there are things that probably if if you got sick and it's that's really not a great measuring tool. But Mm -hmm. I know and it's like, well, I can't schedule it for four months. Well, something can give something can give in the next four months. The question is, are you willing to let it give? Right. So Mm -hmm. we haven't even talked about the boundaries in this. And I know we're running out of time, but okay. so let's review recognizing. That your body will make you stop if you don't stop. Which
2: could include physical illness because stress wears down your immune system. Yeah, So I'm going to throw that in there.
1: Absolutely. Recognizing it, finding the places and the people that replenish you, identifying what it is that gives you rest, removing the excess stimulation. Mm -hmm. You didn't say this, but I'm trying to think of the opposite things that bring stress when you say you know, the invasion of work into the home, setting a space and time.
2: Well, that could just be compartmentalizing. When you get home from work, say you you have a commute and you drive home, take five minutes in the car, Mm -hmm. do some deep breathing, let go of the stress and emotions that you're carrying with you so Mm -hmm. that when you walk in the door, whether it be you walk in the door and, you know, it's your wife, your husband, your kids, um, whoever is there with you, even if you live alone, this is my space that is my home. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to guard that space from the stress of work. Mm -hmm. And that's not you like trying to ignore the stress of work. It's just compartmentalizing. I'm setting this down at the door. Yep. So that way I can focus on home. I'll pick it up next time I go to work.
1: That's right. That's right. Compartmentalizing, saying this is my boundary. Mm -hmm. This is when it begins. This is when it ends. That's what a boundary is, right? Yep. So we talked about financial stress and relational stress. And really what it all comes down to is boundaries with this, you know, uh, looking at what you have coming in versus what you have going out and the amount of stress that's reduced by saying i'm not going to spend more than i have coming in and i'm going to make adjustments in my life accordingly so that i don't have debt burying me yep uh, and there there are seasons right but for the most part that's not what is the reason for uh, most people's debt it isn't a season of sickness that requires that it's usually something different. But-
2: yep. It's funny you mentioned that. I, I just want to make a quick aside. Yeah. That's what the discipline of fasting for those who practice fasting mm-hmm. is so freeing of. Is it actually, in the long run, is a de-stressing exercise. Mm. At first, it feels stressful because you're giving up something. And I don't just mean fasting from food. Mm-hmm. This could be anything. Right, Social right. media, spending, whatever. But when you fast and you replace that time with something replenishing, which I'll argue time with God is mm-hmm. what it's meant for, then you will have the freedom of being free of that stress that that thing that you used to hold on to was bringing you.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So these are some really practical things that people can do. Is there any, are there any resources that you would say, you know, if you want to learn more about ways to de-stress or recognize stress or how to set boundaries, um, what resources would you give to the listeners?
2: Yeah, so my first one is Reset by David Murray, mm-hmm. and it's written more for men. So if you are a listener who's a guy or you know a guy in your life who's really struggling with feeling overstressed, feeling burnout, David Murray has a good book where it talks about that. I would also recommend Try Softer mm-hmm. by Andy Kolber. Yes. I think that that's a really good one to talk about. You know, when when you're just go, 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 you're trying harder and it doesn't seem to get any results. Yes. How to reapproach that. And then as we've been talking about boundaries, I know we've brought this resource up on the podcast a ton, but the Boundaries series by Henry Cloud, Mm -hmm. that's a really good one. And he's got several different ones. There's just the general one, but there's also like relationships and work and things like that. So any of those books would be great to just learn about boundaries and how to draw those lines that are meant to protect us Mm -hmm. and help us to be more efficient with our time and the work that we do.
1: I want to throw in two that just came to mind because I mentioned one earlier The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And it talks about how you're only as good as a leader as you are emotionally and spiritually healthy. Yeah. So that's one. And then there's one called Spiritual Practices for the Brain. And they're actual practices. um, And we've skimmed over some of these practices in our discussion today. But they're actual spiritual practices one can do to support the brain so that we have optimal mental health from a brain perspective. Yeah. It's almost
2: like... The Bible was right about human brains, you know?
1: (laughs) It's weird, isn't it? Imagine that. Imagine that. Okay. Thank you so much, Jared. I know you and I could talk about this forever. And uh, really, for those listening, our goal here is to give you resources and some really thought-provoking, practical steps that you can take to begin to say, I want to enjoy life again. And sometimes that means unloading some of the stress that I'm feeling And we do get to control some of it. You know, some of it we don't, but a lot of it we can. So starting in the place that we can control. And if you have specific questions, you can text us at our care line or you can contact us, reach out to us. And also I want to say uh, I'll put a plug in for Jared if you need a speaker just because he's so good at it. um, You can contact us as well and he can share more with you. We do have a workshop on burnout. And compassion fatigue that we can provide for your group if you're an organizational leader. We do that quite a bit, probably at least once a month for different places, churches and Mm -hmm. social service organizations and such. So at any rate, make sure that you're not just listening to this saying, yep, my life is stressed. That you actually put some sort of a plan in place so that you can make a difference so that this time next March, maybe you're in a different space than you are now. So start by taking just one step today. So, Jared, thanks for joining us. So glad that you're here.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: And thank you all
0: for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. We invite you to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube, To hear more about our conversation topics, check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in this episode. If you have any questions or would like additional information, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at care2change.org. We thank you again and hope you will join us for more of our podcast conversations.